Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you very much and welcome to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, who is a WellMed physician, board certified in family practice, and has spent a lot of time doing what we really do on this radio show, which is uh, talk as if we're talking to patients about issues that affect all kinds of folks. And thanks for doing this with us. It's been really fun, Ron. I'm happy to be here. Uh, we don't do enough about the largest organ in the body. You're right. And I think now's a great time. That turns out to be skin, right? It is. I, I, Always amazes people when you ask, so what's the largest organ in the body? And many will say the heart. Right, right or the liver or, you know, other big organs. But no, it's actually the skin. And boy, can stuff happen to skin. Especially as we get older, you know, exposure to sun. There's so many conditions that manifest in the skin. So we are so lucky today that we're going to talk to a dermatologist. Well, in fact, uh, she is with us now on our well-meant radio hotline. We welcome Dr. Molina. Fowler, who is at Westlake Dermatology. They've opened up a new clinic, by the way, uh, at uh, Broadway and Austin Highway in Alamo Heights. And she uh, is board certified as a dermatologist, did her undergraduate studies, and graduated only summa cum laude from the University of St. <laughs> Thomas in Houston. I guess she didn't work hard enough. She was then uh, uh, elected to the Alpha Omega Alpha Medical Honor Society after earning her medical degree from Texas Tech University Health Science Center in Lubbock, completed her internship in general surgery at Thomason Hospital in El Paso, and then returned to Lubbock and completed her residency in dermatology at Texas Tech University. Dr. Fowler moved to Austin, or to San Antonio, pardon me, in 2016 with her husband, Justin. He, too, is a physician. He's in the Army. They have two young boys, and in her free time, that's what she does. She enjoys traveling, reading, and chasing those kids around. So, Dr. Fowler, thanks for coming on. Thank you. That's probably the nicest introduction I've ever had. Thanks, Ron. Well, it, uh, it also has the added advantage of my having met you both. Uh, I was writing an article about your new clinic for 78209 Magazine and then made an appointment to see you because I enjoyed talking to you on the phone. I figured, hey, this can't be bad. Uh, and <laughs> now here we are on the radio, and your life will never be the same, Dr. Fowler. I am telling you, it's, it's only gotten better with you in it, Ron. Oh. oh, well, thank you very much. So talk to me a little bit about uh, what the new patient who goes to a dermatologist should expect, not can expect, because not everybody is as thorough uh, as, as every other physician. So what should you expect going in for a first visit with a dermatologist? Uh, the main thing is um, coming in and really getting your skin checked. So expect to get down to your underwear and getting a gown on and letting your doctor really take a look at all the nooks and crannies. Um, a lot of patients sometimes are surprised. Well, you know, can you take your socks and shoes off? And and and, and they're like, why? And I'm like, well, you can you can grow stuff there. You know, you can get skin cancer there, and you can get mold there, and. And so uh, when, the first time you go to a dermatologist, everyone should really get a baseline skin check, checking for mold, checking for skin cancer, 
Uh, so that's going to be really important for really um, patients of all ages, but especially for our, our elderly population. Yeah, I bought a new pair of Jonas before I went to see you, just in case. <laughs> now, as a kid, uh, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. As a kid growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, where the, the sun did shine a lot, but it never got warm, I would sit in our backyard in April before spring break trying to get that spring break tan uh, before I went anywhere to get tanned. And I, I must confess, I'm not Catholic, but I'm walking now into that little booth. I used to cover my face with Vaseline, and I had a board covered with aluminum foil just so I could direct enough sun on my head and face. Uh, what, yeah. is, what does that do long term? Yeah, so that, you know, that, that sun damage, you don't think, you think it's causing it, but every time that you tan your skin, you're really, it's just damage to your skin. It, it's like burning toast, you know, uh, but you're doing it slowly over time. And um, eventually um, that, that sun damage can can kind of catch up with you and it can turn into either a pre-cancer spot or, or even a, a little skin cancer called basal cell or squamous cell. Um, and so that, that sun damage does accumulate over time. And, you know, a lot of patients will come in and they say, well, I, I, I don't get any sun. You know, uh, I used to have an attending that used to say, you live your life in the sun. So if you get up in the morning, you can see your hand in front of you and the sun's out. And so, um, you know, we're, we're not talking about just the sun that you got, Ron, in yes. Ohio. Yes. Uh, we're talking about everyday sun, the sun you get in your car, the sun that you get mm -hmm. when you walk into the supermarket. Uh, so all that, that accumulates over time. And so I'm paying for it now with all those little burnt spots on my head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, you had to get, you know, got some little precancer spots to get a treat them. We don't want, we don't want to cut, I'd rather not cut on you. You know, I'd rather just burn you, and get you in early and get, and get, and get surveillance done right away. Now, I was talking with Dr. Charles before uh, you joined us about how amazing it is to me uh, that you as a dermatologist can look at something and, and decide this is serious, this may not be, this we ought to look at, uh, this we ought to take off. It takes a lot of training and experience to do that, I'm sure. It does. Um, I mean, our dermatology training is uh, pretty intensive. Um, we we see these lesions over and over and over again. And so, when we when we see something that's benign, we're a hundred percent sure that it's benign. And uh, if we look at it, and there's even an inkling that it couldn't be benign, then we just we biopsy it. And so, um, you're better off taking something off than leaving it. Um, even if it does come back, you know, that it's fine from the pathologist, you're better off taking it off if there's, a, if there's anything inside of you that thinks it might be, it might be malignant. So, um, but yeah, we look at thousands and thousands of lesions in training in order to be able to say, yes, that is, that is a, that's a spot that you, can, that you can keep or this is a, stop, a spot that we have to take off. Now, if you just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, our special guest on our WellMed Radio hotline, Dr. Melina Fowler. She's a dermatologist and a graduate of a number of Texas universities, which is not a bad thing. Dr. Marisha Charles is our co-host here on WellMed Radio. She's a family practitioner, and we're talking about the largest organ in the body, which often we don't think of that, uh, that being the skin. Now, in, in your case, Dr. Fowler, uh, when you see a patient, you take a look at some things, uh, and, and then you say, well, I'll, I'll see you in a year or see you in two years. What are you looking in that for, for in that follow-up? It depends on the patient's history. Um, 
you know, for somebody who has no family history of melanoma, for somebody who's never had a skin cancer, then an annual checkup uh, should suffice. Uh, but if somebody has a history of a skin cancer, like a basal cell or squamous cell, they should probably be looked at every four to six months. Um, and that's going to be based on uh, a dermatologist's judgment in terms of how much sun damage they're, they're seeing um, on the patient's skin. Um, and so some patients, if you if you end up having melanoma, they actually have to be followed even closer, uh, probably around every three months. Um, and so it really is patient-dependent, but it's also you know history-dependent um, on, on what their past medical history shows. Now, you've hit on it, but for those who don't have a program to follow along with us, I want to come back and cover a couple of things. And one is there are various types of skin cancers. A melanoma sounds really terrible. Basal cell doesn't sound too bad. I put a little basil on my lettuce, so how bad could it be, right? <laughs> yeah, it's spelled a little bit different. Yeah, but, you know, basal cell is the most common skin cancer that we uh, that we biopsy, um, and, and it's definitely the most curable. So we biopsy it. Most patients end up coming back in under local, you know, numbing, and we, we just cut it out, and you're kind of done with it. Um, the squamous cell is the second most common skin cancer we see. Uh, those sometimes uh, do need to be followed more closely, uh, but still pretty easily to get cut out and, and be done with it as long as, as it's caught early. Uh, the melanoma is the one that, um, you know, is a little bit more serious than the other two, mainly because it can run in families. It can come up in areas that aren't sun exposed, um, and, it can, and it can metastasize. So we want to catch those patients with melanoma early, and we want to get those lesions cut out, and uh, we want to continue skin checks. Now, metastasize means? Sorry, metastasize means it can spread to other parts of the body. Because I know my daughter-in-law, for example, who, who happens to be an oral surgeon, uh, had a melanoma on her calf on one of her legs, uh, and the report that I got back from my son is they had to go in really deep to get it all. What does that That's mean? Right. Yeah, so that's right. So when uh, when the mel- when you get a diagnosis of melanoma, the pathologist um, tells you how deep the melanoma is on the skin, and that's and that's in millimeters. So to us, millimeters it seems like a very, you know, small measurement. But when it comes to melanoma, a millimeter is actually a very big measurement. Um, and so the pathologist will tell you, um, you know, if it's less than one millimeter deep, then we can just do a very deep, deep excision. So patients with melanoma often end up with a big, big scar. Um, if it's, you know, if the pathologist tells you, okay, this person needs lymph nodes, then that means that, the, the, you know, we usually send those patients out to like a surgical oncologist who's able to do lymph node tests or, or do a larger um, surgery than dermatologists are able to do in the office. Um, but yeah, but melanoma needs a very wide margin to make sure to get clear margins because melanoma can definitely recur uh, more now, commonly than the basal cell and squamous cell. Margins are the edges? Are the edges of the skin cancer. So we want to get, we, we, we take out normal skin along with the, with the cancer to make sure we get it all out. And Marissa, you've seen those as well, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as family practice, you know, we have patients that are coming in and that, you generally do maybe not as thorough a skin exam as you would get at the dermatologist, but we generally are looking and we're always um, on the lookout for abnormal lesions on the skin that we see on our patients. So when patients come back in a year, do I have to buy another clean pair of Jonas? You do a full body scan again? 
that's right. Okay. Over time, I'll have a bunch. That's good. (laughs) Not a bad idea to have those clean chonies. Now, what are some of the issues that uh, you also see, uh, especially in elderly patients? Not that all of our listeners are elderly, but but many are. And we're in a time where folks are living longer and longer and longer. Uh, and, And I'm not sure the older patients are as aware of what the issues with their skin may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, um, there's several things that we, that patients are often surprised they come in, they go, well, I thought only when we children had that. So, um, so conditions like eczema, uh, which is a rash, itchy rash on the skin that comes up from like dry skin or a condition called psoriasis. They find, oh, you know, how can I get this at this age? You know, I'm, I'm 65. Why am I getting it now? And um, those things are always multifactorial. Um, you can get eczema as an older patient. We think of eczema as something like babies have, but we can get it as an older patient. Psoriasis can pop up as well. Um, so there are definitely different conditions. Now, a lot of these patients um, in, the, in the older population, they also are on a lot of uh, medications. So, All right, now hold that thought. Um, we're going to come right yes. back to you. I want to find about uh, whether medications can trigger skin issues as well. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we're talking on our WellMed Radio Hotline with Dr. Melina Fowler. She is a dermatologist. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, 10, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around. Takes me back to my days at Colgate University, 1960, where I was on the uh, Colgate University radio station, and Bill Haley and the Comets were hot and rock around the clock. We do that on WellMed Radio, covering topic after topic. Today we're talking about skin with dermatologist Melina Fowler. Dr. Fowler is with us, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And uh, Dr. Charles, you want to uh, bounce off of... uh, Dr. Fowler, some thoughts on I did. prevention. Absolutely. Well, I did want to talk to Dr. Fowler because I know that's a big concern for a lot of our patients, wanting to know what kinds of things they should be doing every day to protect their skin. And so that, you know, we talked a lot about the, all those different kinds of cancers, but how can we prevent them? You know, if we can avoid them in any way, what are some things that you suggest? Maybe some products that you might suggest or just behaviors, habits that you find helpful for your patients, Dr. Fowler? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually several things that um, that we can do, and not just the elderly population, but everybody can do. Uh, one is sunscreen. You know, it seems like, you know, that's that topic that's like, oh, yeah, my dermatologist wants me to put sunscreen on. But really, the sunscreen, if you have UVA and UVB protection, it's going to be uh, really important to prevent any further sun damage. Um, and if we can prevent further sun damage, we can prevent some future skin cancers from popping up. So should we um, only wear that sunscreen when we're going to the beach? Uh, no, every day, every morning should be part of your routine. So you should get up every morning and apply sunscreen. Everybody always asks, do I need to apply it all over? No, you don't have to do it like going to the beach, but you should definitely do it, you know, face, neck, back of the hands. Uh, it's really important. Those areas where if you're sitting in a car, they're being exposed, um, They should be. you should be applying sunscreen every day. What number should you uh, use, sunscreen number? Well, I tell patients at least 30, at least 30 and above. Everybody, and, and there are some patients who ask the question, well, I, you know, I use the SPF 100. Isn't that the mm-hmm. best? Not really. Once you get uh, above an SPF 30, uh, the benefits of, of the numbers uh, is very little in terms of whether you go to 45 or 75 or 100. Uh, you don't get that much benefit. The best thing you can do with sunscreen is get at least an SPF of 30 and make sure that application is really key in terms of protecting yourself, making sure you're applying and reapplying. Are the sprays okay or is the cream or the lotion better? That's a, that's a great question. The, the, the sprays are great because people find it easy to use. The problem with the sprays is that um, there's not, that patients are not really utilizing them correctly. When you Probably. do a spray, you should really rub it in as well. And patients think, oh, I can just spray and just do that and just leave it alone. But you really should should rub in the, the, the spray sunscreen so that uh, it really penetrates the skin and actually helps you protect it. Against the and you get uneven coverage, I would guess, if you don't rub it in. That's right. That's right. Great. great. So what else should we do? Can you time travel um, back and I'll stay out of the sun? April, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio in the 50s? Uh, no, you can't do that, Sorry. but we can try. Uh, we can do um, the other things that you can do is uh, we talked, we spoke about um, how eczema can pop up in, in patients. We can do more heavy moisturizers every day. I always tell patients look for a, a, a cream based moisturizer, um, something from Eucerin or Aveeno. Uh, doing that every single day. So many patients, uh, my elderly patients, come in and, and they have flaky skin and dry skin, and you know they haven't touched a moisturizer in years. So that's going to be really important um, to prevent uh, your skin from drying out and therefore preventing something like eczema from popping up. Um, one thing that, that patients can do um, to kind of reverse some of the sun damage is using a retinol cream. Uh, now, retinol creams really should be used under the guidance of a dermatologist because they should be used at night because it can cause um, a little bit of sun sensitivity during the day. But retinol really has been shown to kind of um, work kind of to reverse some of that sun damage in patients. Now, you can get that over the counter now, isn't that right? You can. And if you get it over the counter, just make sure you're using it at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And so, um, but that can make you a little bit more sun sensitive during the day, correct? So if you're using That's those right. retinol products, you really have to make sure you're protecting against the sun. But yeah, it goes without saying that it's you have to put the sunscreen on every day. And if you're using a retinol at night, that sunscreen is going to be even more important. Um, and so are things like a light brim hat or a baseball cap. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice thing about what technology has done for us is there's a lot of um, clothing now that has the what we call instead of SPF, they call it the UPF. Mm. And uh, those are really um, great for patients. I don't want to put sunscreen on. I don't like the way it feels. Well, grab one of those long sleeve UPF shirts, and that will act like your sunscreen. Yeah, we put them on the kids. Exactly. Yeah, a lot easier than trying to get sunscreen on a wriggly little kid. You know. Exactly. Exactly. And so those those adults who say, you know, well, I don't, I don't want to put it on. Get, grab one of those UPF shirts, and, and, and then you will never have to use sunscreen again except for on your face. Now, what about some of the uh, antibiotics that people may take or other medications uh, where the warning is stay out of the sun? Um, there's, a, there's quite a few of them. There's some blood pressure medicines and some, um, some antibiotics that say, you know, stay, stay out of the sun. And that's going to follow the same recommendations as your retinol medication. Um, put sunscreen on. Seek you know, a shady spot if you're out and about. Uh, avoid the middle of the day, you know, the, that, that, you know, from 12 to 3 o'clock. That's really going to be the hottest part of the day. Should, you should avoid, you know, going out during those times um, and, and try to do everything that you need to do outside in the early morning light or early evening. And as you take a look at uh, the kinds of issues that uh, are coming in to see you, uh, are you seeing an increase as we are an aging society, you're seeing more of the kind of skin cancers than uh, perhaps you'd seen in the past, more of the kinds of eczema or psoriasis than you have seen in the past? Yes. Well, that's probably um, uh, multifactorial. And, and the reason why is because we have such a growing aging population. We have a lot more patients uh, making it past 65, past 75. So, we definitely see more, more, more of that now. These patients also, as they get older, they they have more medications on board. So those medications can also cause some skin conditions. Um, they can lead to you know, psoriasis, and there's some other rare type of rashes that that uh, medications can cause. Uh, and then you start mixing the medications, and that can lead to other skin rashes. So it's really important um, to kind of seek a dermatologist out to make sure that we're avoiding. Uh, any type of, you know, rashes coming up in the future or allergic oh. reactions um, um, from from the polypharmacy that patients are on. Now, asking for a friend who, uh, out of nowhere, developed psoriasis on his elbows, what kind of uh, medications uh, might trigger that reaction? Um, so, usually with psoriasis, um, there's some blood pressure medicines that can cause it, um, uh, metoprolol, propanolol, uh, hydrochlorothiazide, and those are really common medications that they patients, uh, um, the elderly population, are on, and and that can actually cause psoriasis. And, no, and, and again, are. asking for a friend, he said <laughs> his his dermatologist uh, prescribed a, uh, uh, a cream to put on, and then said to wrap it with Saran wrap. And uh, he called me at two this morning and said, "I can't take this Saran wrap anymore," and he ripped it <laughs> off. That's what my friend said yeah so what else can he do to uh, keep that covered yeah so that's really hard um it's really hard to 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 keep that covered um the saran wrap is a brilliant idea because usually most people can put it on and leave it on but but maybe covering the saran wrap with you know uh, a long sleeve shirt or maybe maybe just applying the medicine twice a day what about an ace bandage um that will help. The only problem with the ACE bandage is that some of the cream can ru- get rubbed off on the ACE bandage, but that should work as well. Huh. 
Well, I'll pass that on to him. <laughs> okay, good. Let me know how he does. I will. Now, as you take a look at uh, the practice that you've chosen uh, going back 15, 20 years, are you happy with it? Is there something in hindsight you'd rather be doing? Not at all. Not at all. I, um, uh, when I was in medical school, I, 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 you know, you as a medical student, you change your, your opinions all the time about what you want to be. I want to be this. I want to be that. And I found dermatology later on uh, in my medical school career, and uh, I've never looked back. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. You know, I can see one patient in the morning can be a 2-year-old, and my next patient can be an 85-year-old, and the next patient can be a 20-year-old. There's not a lot of, I think me and Dr. Charles, I think we're the only, you know, professions that really see these patients of all ages. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it's, it's very rewarding to to for patients to have something on their skin and have them come in in a few weeks or a few months and say, Doc, you cleared me, you know? And uh, and I don't have to hide it anymore or um, it no longer hurts. There's, there's a real satisfaction there. As you take a look at uh, some of the other things you do in your practice, uh, which includes trying to help folks look better, deal with the aging process, Botox often comes up. Is that something that some of your patients seek? Absolutely. So we are doing, other than, you know, what we call medical dermatology with the rashes and the skin cancers, we are also offering cosmetic um, dermatology. So we do a lot of Botox and fillers and some patients come in asking for liposuction, which we also provide. Uh, we also do chemical peels. Um, and so we do some more of that um, cosmetic dermatology um, as well. We try to we try to offer a little bit so every so we can see patients of all ages um, and kind of address everybody's concerns. Now, asking for my friend, when you're doing, for example, you're burning off some little skin bumps, can you do lipo at the same time? Just stick a little tube in there, and suck it out. <laughs> well, we can. He can be my first. Maybe your friend can, we can kind of do like a, you know, we can do a trial to see if that works out at the same time. Hey, we are flat out of time. You're a delight to talk with <laughs> Westlake Dermatologies, that brand new building at the corner of Austin Highway uh, and uh, Broadway. Uh, Dr. Fowler, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, it was a delight. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Dr. Charles, we learned a lot. We did. That was really fun. Now we have to say goodbye. Thanks for listening to WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.